I thought we'd already started. Yeah, me too. I don't know. <laughs> is this the beginning of the podcast? <laughs> I'm making a podcast. I don't know what you're doing. I'm slowly dying is what I'm doing. <laughs> I think for our intro, we should have like the opposite of the clip that I used last week of Simon. <laughs> this is the beginning like, of the episode. And I'm, now I'm going to talk. I'm talking exactly. now. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's required for it to be a podcast is for me to be talking. I've been thinking an inordinate amount about how we'd intro and exit from episodes. I've been trying to decide if we should do something friendly like, Hello team, welcome to the How Do You Engineer podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. But then I feel like it's too much like like Mr. Rogers. That's too Hello, fake. Friends. You're not that nice, Pete. I know. Welcome to the engineering neighborhood. <laughs> oh, that's our next podcast. <laughs> welcome to the engineering neighborhood? Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, it is. So people who are not seeing us record right now could be forgiven for thinking that we are all in the same place having a conversation. Well, depending on how well we edit this episode, yes. Yes. Okay. But it, yeah, it's dang. I had a thought and then it went away. <laughs> <laughs> Just like if we were in real life together. <laughs> Um, yeah, yes, so basically this is, this what, as you can, as you're, I guess, alluding to with podcasts generally or often, um, they are recorded in different parts of the world mm-hmm. or different yeah. parts of space and time. And, uh, now that Abby ditched us and went off to live with her special friend, um, we have the same issue. <laughs> That's a weird name for that. <laughs> I just I I think it's funny because uh my father-in-law called me that up until Ali and I were married. We'd be, we'd been <laughs> yeah, dating for like 7 years and he's just like this is uh this is Ali's special friend and I'm like what what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um yeah, so uh Abby is uh currently enjoying the afternoon and I'm watching the sun come up out the front of my house and Simon is slowly dying. And uh <laughs> we are able to accomplish this through the magic of Microsoft Skype. And uh, so today we wanted to talk a little bit about how technology allows us to work remotely and the pros and cons of that approach to life. Well, and like new technologies that are coming around, like uh, there's there's Skype, but there's also more, like there's all kinds of different meeting tools. There are telepresence mm-hmm. devices. There are things that allow you to, like we're watching that, um, oh, what was... I don't, I don't know what technology it is, but the meeting that we had with one of our um, one of the companies we work with, they have a meeting camera in one of their rooms that is a 360 camera that it focuses the camera on whoever is actually talking at any given time. Yeah, which is kind of right. cool. It gives you it's 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 like you're sitting in the middle of the room looking around as people talk. I think it might actually be even cooler to do things like with with VR or like user controllable cameras and stuff like that. But like increasing the the feeling that you are in a meeting or you are meeting face to face with someone even though you're remote. I mean it's not exactly new technology. People have been making phone calls and whatnot for years, but it's becoming more and more possible for people to for it to be like people are in the room even though they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the the telepresence really makes it kind of more of a a face to face as opposed to a uh like just 
chatting into a machine like you can feel like you're actually looking at the people you're talking to it's actual telepresence like you feel like you're present telephonically exactly yeah (laughs) no it's true it's uh and it's it's a really important thing um depending on like how you work and uh, how your 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 uh, job uh comes together as uh, the teams that you work in um it's a really important thing to have that connection to have that uh that ability to feel like you're there in person and you can, and all of the like important brainstorming and problem solving effects that come out of that. I guess it, it, part of it, it, it's interesting to me that telephones, everyone back in the day, I mean, I don't know, late, I guess in the nineties thought that, um, camera phones were going to be all the rage, like oh, fo- yeah. te- telephones with cameras and screens on them. That's true. I never dad took had one in his office. Yeah. It was really weird at the time. It seemed really weird. Yeah, and I, so like as a as a piece of technology at that point in time, they never really took off. I think partially because there wasn't the, the acceptance or the uh, adoption that they needed. Yeah, nobody wanted but, a screen on their phone. That's just bananas. Yeah, well, <laughs> or they didn't. They didn't want it to always be there. I think they wanted like uh, the the existence of things like Google Hangouts and Skype and FaceTime and that. I think has proven that there was a there was a market for that kind of technology, but it was, it needed to be something separate from the traditional telephone. I guess. I think it also yeah. had to be something yeah. that was already easy. Like the problem with camera phones, I think was always that they were only a handful of people at a handful of companies that had camera phones. And so you could basically call maybe the, like the other directors or the other VPs at your company, but it's not like you're going to call your mom on the camera phone. Like it was the, the adoption was so low because it was expensive and it wasn't as, as uh, available. Like you couldn't go to the local Heinzels and get a camera phone, but in the, uh, in the dawn of uh, smartphones, it's like built in. You don't need anything extra. Everyone has a smartphone that has a camera and a screen. So you just launch an app and, Lo and behold, you have yourself a camera phone. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so, like, it's interesting to see how that how that has become more of a. It's become integrated into the way we think of meeting now. Like, it, it, people would not have expected there to be any face to face interaction in a group meeting across the world in the past, but now it's starting to become more and more of a uh, an expectation. I guess we should like we should also touch on like screen sharing and shared workspaces as well. Yeah. Um cuz that's becoming a huge thing as well. Uh independent of being able to see people's faces, just having some shared uh visual that is uh that is key to the conversation you're having, whether it's your face or like your your computer desktop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about probably in a little bit once we get through to the whole how tech is tech, what technology is used for for telepresence? I want to talk a little bit about how it's used and what what it uh, some of the important aspects of what like why you would use this technology in the first place are. And uh, part of that that I'll just touch on is that uh, this used to be, I believe, part of agile development, which is a an approach to software development that I think we'll talk about one day. Um, that you needed to be present and like with other developers. Um, and like you were saying, part of that screen sharing and part of that collaborative work is important to some aspects, at least in my experience, where when you get into parts of that development cycle, like what I recently discovered is called extreme programming, 
um, a lot of times our developers will sit side by side in front of a single screen and just like hammer at the code until it succumbs. <laughs> Sharing the keyboard along the way. Yeah. The- yeah. They, they do it sort of like, uh, those like really good brass musicians who play each other's instruments. They basically like have four hands on a single keyboard. Pretty cool. <laughs> Extreme programming was always an idea that seemed like really stupid if it was trying to be imposed on you. But if you're actually doing it, sitting down, collaborating actively, it works. But as soon as you tell someone, like, you guys are going to sit at the same computer, one of you is going to type, the other one's going to be like, oh, coming up with the concepts. Like, from the outside, that seems like such a dumb thing to tell people to do. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that uh, is driven by necessity and something that you need, you can't dictate you can't be like you two are going to lock yourselves in the closet and work until you're done and we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. like slide wafer thin pieces of like cheese sticks through the <laughs> bottom of the door like it needs to be a little bit more active so um abby maybe you can the the thing that i think prompted this whole conversation was our schmancy new telepresence robot and i think you've got you've done most of the use of it so what what, what are your impressions of it so far um, I mean, so far, I mean, the first like time I used it, it was, it was really weird. Um, just for context, we have a, um, a, a double robot at work. Um, and it kind of looks like what an inverted pendulum with an iPad on top. I think it only Is looks like an inverted pendulum. Like? Cause that's what we, we, we build inverted pendulums for a living. It, it, lo- the- it looks like an iPad, right? It's an iPad riding a segue. On a stick? Yeah. On a, a segue. That's actually, yeah. yeah. For if anyone out there has seen better. like Big Bang Theory, there's an episode where Sheldon has one. Um, I'm trying to think of other pop culture references, but they, they, they kind of float around a little bit. And if anyone has seen, uh, like promotional videos of companies in Silicon Valley, a lot of them have the same type of thing. It's yeah. Like you said, it's an iPad on top of a little segue. Yeah. Uh, so that's what it looks like. And I mean, I think the first time I used it, it was a little strange, but it, it got very comfortable very quickly. Um, and I almost immediately felt like I was back at the office, like, Oh, I'm just going to go over here and talk to this person. Um, and I think what's really been helping is, um, just during our, our quick little meetings where, you know what, I could be on a phone call, but then I wouldn't feel like I'm participating as much and being able to just drive over to where a few people are sitting and look at them face to face and talk to them and see what they're pointing at when they point at things and have them turn and talk to me. Um, it makes me feel like I'm there still. It's uh, yeah, what, like part of it. I wonder is if you're not you are in a space where a person could be as opposed to if you're like talking over Skype or you're talking over like, I don't know, on somebody's phone where you are either like in someone's hand or you're on someone's desk in terms of where your where your virtual self is. But with the mm-hmm. telepresence robot, you are, you're occupying a space similar to where you would like what you would be if you were a person walking around the office. So it kind of exactly. humanizes you. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's, that's true. Um, cause you can kind of just pretend that I'm just standing at the table or sitting at the table with you when we're talking. Cause I'm actually, there's something physically there. Yeah. Along those lines, it's interesting to me that I, I was thinking about the, that sort of like veiled, um, comfort level that you get with, with somebody who's there, but not there. And how you, uh, like you said, it makes you sort of feel like you're more actually present. Um, it's interesting because, Listening to a lot of podcasts, I feel like a lot of times, especially with headphones on, you feel like you're there with the podcasters, like you're there and they're your friends and they're kind of, because it's such an intimate thing. I've I've heard a lot about how in radio, 
this becomes a thing where radio announcers will meet people for the first time and they're very intimate. Like it's almost uncomfortable. They'll sort of like, like grab their arm or, or like, this is going to sound like weird. Their, but their, like fa- the, their fans are, you they'll, mean? they'll touch them. Yeah. They're fans. And the, uh, okay. the radio announcers mm-hmm. are kind of like, it, it's very strange because I don't know this person. I've never met them before, but they feel to them. I'm like their best friend because they listen every day to me on the radio. Yeah. And because you're using headphones or you're in the car, it becomes like the person is in your, it's not really like in your brain, but there's something to do with like the audio that comes from someone being directly sort of projected into your ears that makes it very personal. Um, which actually is attributed a lot to podcast advertising and how successful it is because you, you trust the people because you have that intimacy and familiarity that, uh, leads you to believe them if they tell you you should buy things. But anyway, I'm getting a little bit off topic. The idea is that I wonder <laughs> if you listen to a lot of podcasts, if that builds your comfort level with listening to somebody on headphones and sort of talking out loud, where if you then are t- having a Skype call or something with somebody and you're using a headset, if that is more normal and more kind of, a, you can make that adjustment more easily because you're used to that voice in your head. Because hmm. I was thinking about how when Abby and I work together now, it doesn't feel strange that like... I just pick up a headset and I'll, and we're just like talking and looking at something on my screen. It's sort of like she's standing there, but I wonder if that's because I'm used to it almost already. Yeah. I, I it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I find to go back to the, uh, to the screen share, I find having a shared visual to refer to, um, makes it so much more comfortable for me just because it feels like I can, I can deal with the, the headset and the talking virtually, if we're also virtually sort of like standing over the same desk, it's like, here's the desktop. Um, like look at this thing with me. It, it, then mm-hmm. it's it, it, like that, that makes a huge difference in the, in the feeling of connectedness when I'm talking to someone virtually, uh, versus just sitting, um, with headphones on and talking into a microphone. That being said, like that's become more and more comfortable for me since we've been doing podcasting as well, because that's exactly what we're doing right now is sitting with headphones on talking into a microphone. So it, it is definitely context specific, but yeah, podcast may have something to do with it, but anything is going to become more and more familiar the more you do it too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think th- when like something like Skype first came out, everyone kind of treated it. I don't know, like this big special thing, like, oh, do you want to Skype at 8 p.m.? Yeah, we'll talk at 8 p.m. kind of thing. And and then you'd sit there and you'd just stare at your screen. Skype dates. And maybe, Forgot about that. Yeah, you'd have Skype dates. <laughs> and now it's kind of more like a phone maybe, or maybe I'm just getting more used to it. But I find it much, much more comfortable just to casually call someone on Skype or just answer a Skype call. And maybe we're not even having our cameras open and I'm just continuing doing what I'm doing on my computer. But we're also just kind of chatting, almost as if we're sitting next to each other. Yeah, it's and funny. doing our own things. I didn't even think about it until you were just saying that. But for at least a year, um, when my wife and I were dating, she lived seven hours from where I lived by car. Like it wasn't Canada's big, guys. Come on, so uh, <laughs> it wasn't that big a deal at the time. And basically, uh, we had just first started using Skype. Like it wasn't new, but it was it was pretty new. This was in about two thousand and four. And so I bought like $18 headset from like some discount electronic store and gave her one. It was a nice romantic gesture. Anyway, so the point <laughs> being that uh, what we would do is basically around maybe like 
six or seven in the evening we'd call each other up and then just leave skype on for like three four hours and just like Mm. we wouldn't be talking it would just be on like i'd be doing homework or watching tv and she'd be like doing her thing and then we would just like chat about stuff but it was basically it gave you that connection like that again that feeling that like you were there with the person even though it was just your voices and now and then the the webcam but it was like it was odd because like yeah i hadn't thought about it but I, I spent probably hundreds of hours um just like on skype calls hmm. and it, it it's i think it, it definitely helped the fact that uh we were away for so long it's interesting like you said i think mm-hmm. you get used to it i think also because you treated it almost so casually just kind of having it open as opposed to being like we're going to talk for 25 minutes exactly face to face about like our days or whatever <laughs> Well, at the it, time, that was lot. the big pitch. It was like, you don't need to make a phone call, which costs money. You can just mm-hmm. do an internet phone call, and then it doesn't cost you any money. You can talk as long as you want. Yeah. yeah it's, it's lower, much lower pressure. Like, the, there's always a sense that you need to be doing, like, getting something done. I, I mean, th- maybe that's part of what's uh, what works with the telepresence robot, too, versus... Or, and, and maybe, to a certain extent, the Skype calls, like, you guys with your... With your group, you have catch-up meetings and things like that, but it seems to be fairly conversational. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's like something that comes out of Skype is you can have a meeting, but it isn't like the everyone needs to get together at three o'clock. We need to get through this agenda and get it done so we can everyone can go on their separate ways. You can have more of a conversational meeting of okay, everyone's going to get together on Skype and we're going to chat about where we are on the project and things like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, it's, so that leads us into the topic that I want to talk about, which was uh, why telecommute, like why why use telepresence systems? What is the advantage or disadvantage? Is it only like a tool if you have to, or is there a real genuine use case for them one way or another? And if so, do you have any like tips or tricks, I guess, Abby, or are there any like, best practices for how you can effectively use telepresence? Um, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just about to start talking. No, no, this is one. This is one of the downfalls of the uh, the distribute or the uh, non co-located recording. Yeah, that you is lose actually some of the cues. That is actually something that uh, that I w- did want to mention is that one of the things along those lines that uh, we're trying to do more at work is turn the webcam on because most of the time when we do Skype calls or we do um, meetings over the phone, we don't turn webcams on; it's just voice and having been a couple times on the other end of that conversation it's really weird because there's like a room full of like 15 20 people and you're just kind of listening and then you're this weird inanimate voice and so you just sort of start talking if you want to say something but it feels like you're almost like projecting your voice into a room somewhere and you have no idea if other people are talking or if anyone can hear you like it's really alienating but at least Mm -hmm. with the webcam there's a little bit more of a connection you can sort of visually see if uh there's an opportunity for you to talk, but it, it's it's hard. It's very difficult if there's a large group on the other side. So webcams, I think, help. Hmm. And the, it's also interesting, one of the things I've noticed, um, a lot of the comfort that people have and the effectiveness of audio meetings comes down to the audio quality. Um, like, I, I find talking on Skype with somebody to be not nearly as uncomfortable for me, as somebody who doesn't really like telephones, I find Skype much less uncomfortable because I find, generally speaking, the audio fidelity on Skype is a lot better than most phone calls I make. Um, 
partially because of headphones, partially because people can have better microphones, I guess. Um, but in a meeting where you've got a bunch of people on a Skype call or on a teleconference, it's amazing to see how the quality of one person's phone or the volume of somebody's call changes how they uh, fit into a meeting and how well they're able to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, you get what they get one guy on the teleconference with a really loud microphone. Like he sounds so much louder than everyone else. And all of a sudden it feels like he's dominating the conversation. Whereas there's like somebody else who has something important to say, but their microphone is quiet or their audio is kind of fuzzy and they suddenly they're kind of, they can't be as effective a part of the meeting. It's it's really interesting. It's something that I, I wouldn't, you don't really notice when you're like with traditional tele- telephone conversations or even like conference calls where everyone's uh, on regular telephones. Uh, now we're getting into a time where you'll have meetings with conference calls. We've got a mix of people on computers. You got people in rooms on big teleconference, uh, uh, telephones and then people at their desks on headsets all in the same meeting. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There's a really good, uh, video that I'll, I'll put in the show notes for, uh, for sort of like the downsides to, um, teleconferencing. And it's like just a series of things that happen all the time in sort of business style teleconferences that, uh, but they're reenacted in real life. So like all of a sudden there's a guy standing in the hallway outside the conference room, like talking to the wall because he got cut <laughs> off. And like so a lot of the time there's like people <laughs> appearing and disappearing from the table. Somebody will start talking and then, um, they'll sort of like all of a sudden lose their voice. There's at one point, um, everyone is talking and a couple people just get up and sort of like, grab their golf bag and walk out. And then there's like one person just sort of sitting at the table, still talking to them. So it's, it's a weird way to visualize the issues you have with telepresence because it's technology, because it goes wrong and has issues. And like you were saying, it, it, if it's not coming together really seamlessly, then it becomes a real like pain in the ass to try to use. Cause all of a sudden you're interrupting conversations. You have to repeat yourself. You're in the middle of uh a presentation and something goes wrong and you have to try to get people back or they don't show up properly. That it can be a real hassle for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and it can, and it can and create, it, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's one of the advantages of the telepresence robot. Cause you can kind of tell by people's body language and stuff if they're about to speak. Um, whereas if I was just looking at nothing and people were talking, I wouldn't necessarily know if it was okay for me to interject at that point or, if someone else was, you know, gearing up to say something, just like Simon and I did just in this moment, sometimes it's hard <laughs> to tell if someone's about to talk. Yeah. And it's, but it's also interesting that, um, the technology, while it facilitates the, a meeting, it can also really like derail a conversation. If you're in the middle of something that's going really, really well, a really, com- a really good conversation, there's, you're really getting somewhere, but then you get a technological hiccup and it can really, mess up that kind of that interaction you'll cut you come back to the conversation and you just can't get back to that particular point you were that particular groove you were in uh with a meeting so there's like there's always that danger as well um that you don't have face to face but uh, i mean that that's gonna be it it, you couldn't have the meeting otherwise so it's it's always a trade-off it's funny thinking about that it feels like it's more difficult to kind of casually excuse away normal problems you encounter as well. Like I remember one point I had this presentation I had to give to a bunch of uh, pretty important clients and it was all done through telepresence because they were um, in other universities. And basically I went and started the presentation. I started doing some stuff and about 
not even like a minute or two into the presentation, I knocked a glass of water over all over my desk and like all over my <laughs> lap, like my keyboard and all my stuff. And like, Oh my God. Like I'm sort of trying to be like, continue the conversation. And I had to sort of say like, Oh, okay, one second guys, I need to, uh, uh, I have, I have a problem here I have to deal with. And like, it feels like you're more on, like you're more kind of on stage for, to a certain extent when you're on like a teleconference like that. And it feels like, you don't have the same nuanced ability. This gets back to what we talked about with Manjula, that weird sort of like nuance where you can through like expressions and the tone of your voice and things like that, communicate to people that like something's gone wrong. I'm really sorry. Just give me a second to deal with it. Cause it's just your voice. You have to kind of be like, Oh God. Uh, um, okay. Hold on guys. Sorry. One second. And it just, it feels yeah. less sort of like, um, excusable because all of a sudden they're just like, what, what's going on? Why? And you sort of like, there's a more quick trajectory, I feel like, for them to be like, ugh, well, this is wasting my time than if they're like sitting there with you and you can just be like, oh, hold on a sec, this will take me like 30 seconds to fix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think and then they would have actually seen you knock over your water onto your laptop and then they would have <laughs> understood immediately. But yeah, yeah, while trying to maintain professionalism when they can't see what's happening. Yeah. Or the stuff you that you're trying to show sputtering. breaks or like you have, a, you have a, an issue that's unrelated to the teleconference. You have to kind of be like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me try to fix this or oh, something, something crashed. Like it's, it's difficult in that scenario because you can't communicate to them. Just like things have gone wrong. Just give me a second to deal with them. It's more difficult because it's, you're more detached. Well, and I think there's mm-hmm. also, e- even though there isn't an, really a cost to being in the meeting. Like there isn't any more of a cost to being in the meeting than there is to being in a physical meeting with people. I think there is still that sense in the back of people's heads that, okay, we're like, we're burning daylight here. Like we're in a meeting, we're using technology. There's clocks going like you get, it's like you can, I I don't know if it's maybe something to do with the Skype and the fact that you always have like a call timer and, uh, and whether that puts a pressure on you of you're using this technology, you should be getting stuff done. Um, mm. even though there is no cost, you could, you could sit in a, in a room and, and be just as, as unproductive as you would in a face to face meeting and it doesn't cost you anything more. Um, so that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, on the, on the good side, it means that you're probably going to get more, get things done in your meeting quicker. But on the other hand, it means that you're under a lot more pressure to be effect, to meet effectively. And so when things go wrong, it feels like there's a higher cost to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on that note, um, as someone who now telecommutes, Abby, do you have like, uh, recommendations for how you can go about doing it? Like, have you, have you got to the point where there are things that you think work really well and the things that don't work as well or sort of like not really best practices, but like if you're going to, call someone to meet with them or stuff like that? Like what is, what's your go-to that you think works really well? Um, well, I think it depends on the type of relationship that you have with, um, someone, whether it's, you know, a coworker or uh, some sort of superior in the company. Um, I mean, with you, Pete, I feel like I could just phone you and if you're not there, you won't answer and it's no big deal. But obviously if it was someone else, I might have to kind of maybe schedule a meeting. Um, but I think, what I'm finding what's easiest is that if it's kind of like a one-on-one call, then something like Skype just over headsets is fine. Um, especially if you're kind of maybe talking about something a little more private or, um, or if you just, I don't know, want to just talk to that one person, it's kind of easier than getting the robot out. Um, but as soon as you want to talk to more than one person, I feel like the robot is really helpful. Some sort of telepresence device. Um, 
And then it just feels a little more casual. I could just kind of roll up to you and just start talking. But I did find that if I wanted to talk to a single person, taking the robot out was weird because then I wasn't sure how loud my volume was or if what I was saying, um, not that I'm like, you know, sitting there whispering secrets in the office or something. <laughs> trying, to, trying to carry I mean, on like office gossip over like a giant loudspeaker <laughs> attached to a robot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes you just kind of want to talk to one person and uh, I don't know how loud I'm being in uh in the office so if i'm just talking to one person i thought it made sense to use skype um but i mean i'm I'm not an expert on this so i'm not even sure what an appropriate like time frame is to establish these calls or if there's some sort of recommended best practice for for that i'm not too sure hmm. maybe over time yeah I'll find, we'll have to circle back a, around with you groove. in a few months and see yeah i was wondering yeah, about it, also right. sorry go ahead uh, so right, right now the 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 telepresence robot is still very much like a, a novelty. So whenever whenever it starts like it gets out of its docking station, like everyone around is like, "Ooh, who's who's on the telepresence robot?" So I, it'll be interesting to see how that changes over the near future as it becomes more sort of a day to day mundane thing that somebody's gonna like people are gonna be dialing into the to the double more often, um, mm-hmm. and and you won't notice it nearly as much when it's trundling around because it's gonna be doing it most of the time. Yeah. Um, and then one day there'll be a small find, little like action figure sized hologram that will just appear on top of your keyboard and you'll talk to that instead. And that won't be weird either. Oh, <laughs> weird. I think you guys should dress up the double, make, put on like a sunglasses and a hat or a scarf or something, <laughs> hang a t-shirt from it. For a while, one of our colleagues had suspended like a beach scene in front of the camera. So if somebody called in, it looked like they were on the beach. <laughs> Yeah, That's a little nice. like arm. It was pretty. It was interesting. <laughs> but then, but then you don't. But you don't know which camera. That was the weird thing about the double. Actually, this is that's one. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. But that's one thing that's weird about the double robot is it's got the two cameras. So you're never entirely certain which camera you're supposed to look at, whether it's the one on top of the robot or the one on the iPad. And so you know, I always feel like when I'm looking at it, I could may or may not be looking at the person's quote unquote eyes. And that that th- makes me a little uncomfortable all the time. Well, at least their it's, face it's, is between the two, so it, you don't like it. Just sort of looks like they have a little bit of a lazy double eye or something. It doesn't quite look like they're not <laughs> looking at you. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's it's just it's it's a strange thing. I wouldn't have expected to be as uh, as noticeable as it is when I try to have a conversation with the robot. Um, so, similar to like if you're if you're in a meeting in a in a place you don't know and you're not entirely certain where the camera is or where the microphone is, things like that. Yeah. 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 So there's another. Th- I actually found a weird. Oh, sorry. <laughs> God, this is so good. <laughs> we, see, we seem to be having worse than normal troubles with uh with our coordination over Skype. So this yeah. is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say a weird thing that I noticed about the telepresence robot is um, you do truly feel present in such a way that when someone starts to like touch the iPad to change a setting, like it feels really weird. Like it feels it's like a personal intimate. violation. It does. It's <laughs> like, bro, you're me. in my space. Please stop. Because <laughs> like, I so feel like weird. I'm right there. That's fascinating. So it's 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 almost a little upsetting when someone's like, oh, I'm just going to move the robot. And you're like, could you not? Like, <laughs> I've always wondered that. Where it's like, every once in a while, like the robot will get into a corner and someone will like physically pick it up and carry it over. And it's like, that would be really condescending if that was a person you were doing that to. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like you're having trouble. Let me pick you up and carry you over here. I guess it's kind of like the feeling you get with like first person video games where like you, you very quickly you become 
almost like you are that character because you like you're sort of like your movement becomes second nature through the game controller and um you get used to looking at like a third person view or whatever and or even a first person view more accurately so it becomes almost like you are that character you feel it when you get like hit or knocked over or stuff like that i can i can definitely see that connection happening but it's mm-hmm. it, it's really neat that uh, Abby that you start that you start to get a, a, a sense of um, ownership over the robot when you're controlling it, and so its personal space becomes your personal space. It it really does feel like that. And another thing, um, I think as as part of the novelty when when it starts moving around, you were saying that everyone gets excited and starts looking and stuff. And I find that very awkward um, to be kind of <laughs> driving around. And uh, people don't usually look at me that much. I mean, I'm pretty fabulous, but they don't look at me that much when I walk around the office. So it is also weird when everyone's like, "Oh, hey," and you're kind of like oh, I'm trying to walk to a meeting. Like <laughs> everyone's being so enthusiastic. Well, again, again, I think it, it might be sort of similar to the uh, to the Skype, like feeling like you need to be doing something. Again, it feels like when you're using the telepresence robot, it feels people as you're going by feel like they need to acknowledge. Oh, it's like, hey, you've taken the time to like visit the office virtually. I should acknowledge your your like the fact that you're here. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it, it, I don't know, it seems to add value to it. I suppose when you're just like a person walking through the office, it's a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah. It definitely yeah, changes It changes the social interactions uh, yeah. on some fundamental level. Which is interesting because one of the things I was wondering about was um, how do you deal with the non-work related calls? Like a lot of work, at least at our office, is uh, sort of like like not really socializing, but like the, the downtime where you're like having coffee or you're chatting about something at lunch or like you're having a quick conversation do you feel detached from that or are you are you thinking of ways that you can integrate yourself back in like i i'm wondering if like you're going to start showing up like in the morning when we're having coffee on the robot and stuff like that you totally should that would be awesome yeah i mean i over time i think i'll I'll kind of find like i said um i'll get more used to it i think what i'm going to start doing actually is just kind of using the double bore not if I have like a reason to talk to anyone, but kind of just to like drive over to the work table and pretend I'm just sitting there and working while I'm just doing work, kind of treating it like a casual Skype call. Yeah. Cause I feel like I am kind of missing out on being there if I don't have a purpose. I don't know. Like I'm missing out on some of those fun conversations. I should join you guys for coffee though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What time do you guys have coffee? <laughs> it depends. It changes a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So right. at the same time we're recording right now, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you know about um, eight o'clock, but yeah, that, that'd be, I think that's good. That gives you that uh, that connection again. It starts to again make you feel like you're you're still there. And it, but it's it's funny that like discussing this, part of me in the back of my head is like, man, like that's that seems like such a frivolous use of this really crazy bit of technology. But at the same time, it's like, why not? It's just sitting there in a chart in the charging station. Otherwise, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's it's not like you're it's going to cost you the same amount to have it whether you're someone's sitting at a table using it to be there virtually or if it's sitting in the charging dock doing nothing so there's absolutely no That's reason true. there's as, as long as it's not displacing something else there's no reason not to use it for exactly that and that's it 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 is interesting that I still have that sort of back of the head thought of, oh no, this is like, we need to make sure we maximize the utilization of this technological resource. It's, uh, it's kind of strange. And I've always like thought about, uh, the, to a certain extent, like, like obviously within reason, but the whole kind of 
socializing aspect of, of, of work to be important because it builds like your, your team and everyone gets more and more comfortable with each other and stuff like that. So I think it's just as legitimate to socialize using that kind of robotic system than to go and have like an important meeting because you're again, you're like you're, you're building that, that team and building that comfort level with everyone so that when you do have meetings or you do have things that are important to talk about, it's not as awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think um, I using the robot for more of the casualness, even if you're just kind of sitting in the corner waiting for someone to talk to you is just a little more easier. Because the few times I've, you know, after a meeting have driven up to Simon just to say hi, it's always kind <laughs> of like awkward, like, oh, God, now we have to make conversation because we're here now. <laughs> this is a higher value and, like, time. We're, we, don't, we don't have good enough conversation. We've wasted this technology. <laughs> Exactly, which is not how people, you know, have conversations. It's when you think of something you want to say, then you'll turn over and be like, "Hey, I have a fun fact." Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that was a the, lot of our interactions. Like, hey, Abby, I hey, feel Abby, like, want to know yeah. something neat? <laughs> I feel like the thing that um that I find awkward with the robot, which is interesting, um, because it's kind of the same with Skype calls too, or at least with our podcast, is I don't know how to finish a conversation with the robot. Like, if if we're talking about something and I'm like, okay, cool. I feel awkward turning my back to it. Like, I feel like I should stand and face it until like you finish driving away. Cause I feel like <laughs> if I, it's rude for me to like turn my back on the robot so that you're just kind of like, now you're looking at my back on the telepresence <laughs> robot. Like it's, it's very strange. It, do, it doesn't help that if the pro, the robot is in the sitting, like, so if people haven't seen the double robot, it, it can change height from sitting to standing. Uh, and in the sitting height, it can still roll around. And so if you turn away from it, it's like looking at your butt. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely weird. I think <laughs> I think that would actually just be totally fine if you turned around when you were done the conversation, like you would in real life. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, I feel like I have to be like, okay, well, I'm going to leave now. And then I have to slowly turn around. <laughs> Signing <laughs> off. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, speaking of ending conversations, we still haven't actually scripted an end of a end of a podcast, but uh I don't know, does someone want to take a swing at it? Abby. No. Okay. Um I don't know what we usually say. This, this is why I needed a right. script, guys. I can take one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. All right, well, uh thanks everyone for listening to How Do You Engineer Through the Power of the Internet and uh not sponsored by skype even though we talked or double actually (laughs) not sponsored by anyone if you'd like to sponsor us let us know and uh you know that's a thing that can happen um this is going (laughs) well it's going well guys Uh, (laughs) if you want to uh talk to us we're on social media at how do you eng facebook and twitter and also at how do you dot engineer email us feedback at how do you eng and uh listen to us on itunes google play and occasionally 